give voice to that thing that you're afraid to talk about. And when you do that, the customer will, will listen to you. And it's not about just bashing those other solutions because people, they have a sense for that. I mean, treat your customer like they're smart. And if you're just bad mouthing someone, they're going to say, okay, well, that's not really a good argument. And, and that's what you want to do is make a good argument. So give the criteria by which they should choose you or those other options. This is Digital Marketing. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you updated on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you need to be focused on to the cutting edge tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Billy Bross, the messaging expert that has been helping Digital Marketer create a bunch of new content. He's also the founder of The Five Light Bulbs and one of our newest faculty members here at Digital Marketer. So I thought we'd have you on today. Uh, to kind of talk about your new role, your history in copywriting, and really help explain why the five light bulbs is so uh, you know pivotal to what you're growing, and also the things that we're using at Digital Marketer to help uh, grow our products as well. So welcome, Philly. Hey, Mark. Awesome to be here. Yeah, this is really cool. Ryan Dice is one of the people who got me into online marketing, got me out of my nine to five. We can go into that story if we want. So it's cool to have everything come full circle. It's kind of surreal to now like, be a faculty member. So very honored to be here. Well, it's fantastic. You know, I always say that digital marketer is, you know, significant and has been significant for so long because we rely on, you know, marketers who are actually doing the work. They're out there helping companies, helping other agency owners, helping other marketers. And uh, you have a real, uh, you know, significant track record in doing that. So we're very happy to have you. Thank you. All right. So let's just get into it. Uh, kind of how did you get into copywriting and, you know, with all the different kind of digital marketing, uh, you know, areas of expertise that you can actually specialize in, why did you choose copywriting as kind of your focus? Yeah, I was really trying to leave that job that I mentioned. I do not have the typical marketing background. I wasn't like a, a salesperson growing up or an entrepreneur. I was a science nerd. And so I had a great career. I was working in the clean energy industry. I was an engineering consultant. I've always had this entrepreneurial itch. I like the idea of starting new ventures. And after a number of years there, I just saw that I really wasn't going to, I felt trapped is how I felt. I felt trapped. And this was again, in like 2008 or so was when I started coming across Ryan's stuff. The four hour work week was out by Tim Ferriss. I was like, oh my gosh, I can build this online business and have freedom and travel and all these things. So I learned copywriting really to be able to leave that job. So I started a, I was really big into beer brewing at the time, probably just because I, I, I had just left college and was just like, there was a lot of beer <laughs> That's around. That's what you do. Right? So, yeah. I was like, I might as well make it then. Uh, it wasn't any cheaper once you start like building out all the equipment, but I, I had geeked out on it. Like I do a lot of things, got really into really into the science of it, the art of it. And I love to teach. I really love to teach. I mean, I'm a faculty member with digital marketer, right? I, I, and I love teaching no matter what it is. And so, um, but you know, despite having, I, I, my undergrad was in science technology, my, uh, and I got an MBA. So despite having this business, this fancy business degree, those skills while helpful in that career really didn't translate over to selling a $47 beer brewing course over the internet. And, uh, and I said, okay, well, what's going on here? Like I'm a smart person. I can, I'm a hard worker. I have the, the tools that I need. How do I figure this out? And that's when I came across copywriting. And uh, I really loved that it, it's simple, but powerful. It's, it's simple in the sense that you can just rewrite a headline and completely change your results. And that really resonated with me. Uh, I don't like, I, I get overwhelmed by all the technology out there. 
and and it's more so that I get the sense that it's not a big needle mover. So when you say the right thing, there's what you say and how you say it and then how you amplify it. And I know you guys talk a lot about that. Ryan talks a lot about that. Figuring out what to say, what your message is, and then amplifying it. And I saw a lot of people, in, like for my own business and businesses I was working with, amplifying something that was not the best. And so I took a step back and said, okay, well, let's really dial in the messaging. Let's really dial in the copywriting. Because once we get that right, we're saying the right, right thing, then we can go to the Facebook ads. Then we can start amplifying. And then we can start using all these different tools and tactics. So I describe myself as a, a T-shaped marketer where I have a broad skill set, but I go deep on the messaging and copywriting side of things, mainly because that's what I found to be the biggest needle mover. That's that's so smart. Well, I think that kind of reflects on your uh, you know science background, going through that experimental method and learning, you know, just the different components that you can switch out to work and, and, you know, test and see. And I don't think there's anything more, you know, fundamental in terms of marketing than the messaging. It's, and then, you know, what's funny is that it's usually the last thing that people think about. They think about the product, they might even think about the customer, but then they don't make that connection that, you know, to get from one to the other or put the two together. If you don't have the message, then nothing else you do matters even if it's something as pivotal as like okay we're going to employ all this ai and we're going to do apps and we're going to use you know new tech for analyzing uh, you know social listening through blah 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 blah. and then you're like no <laughs> this is the base of the pyramid is the message and the copyright and if you have that then you can build everything else and it'll feel cohesive and i think that's uh that was brilliant that you kind of came to that conclusion that that's the fundamental part of marketing and so i know that you have entire framework around it. And uh, that probably didn't happen overnight, I'm guessing. No, no. It, it's one of those things that the, the final step of it, the final iteration when it turned into the framework is called the five light bulbs. So when that finally emerged, that was iteration number, I don't know, 19 or 20. Um, so that, that's a lesson in itself, right? Is that, and because I, I see a lot of people, especially in our space, trying to come up with these frameworks and uh, with a catchy name and everything. And to have a really good one, it, it takes time. It's this idea of you have to expand first before you contract or before you distill. And so I had to go into the weeds, into the complexity of it and everything to come up with this something that was just really simple. Uh, but it's the type of simplicity that has depth to it. And so, um, yeah, we can unpack it here. I can go into the five light bulbs and walk people through it. Yeah, definitely. I didn't know it was the, you know, the 20th iteration, but it makes sense because I think when you see a framework that uh, can be explained really simply, but also that could be examined because what you have, especially when we do our presentations and courses here at Digital Marketer, people ask questions. And I've always been shockingly disappointed when people, you know, try to dive into somebody's framework and then they're like, oh yeah, that's just it because that's how it is. And there's no real background to it and there's no justification for it too much other than it's a necessary step to conclude the whatever framework getting done. But it really shows a lack of thought into it. So that's that's amazing. So yeah, yeah, let's dive into what are the five light bulbs? Sure. Yeah. So it really takes an extreme approach to putting yourself in your customer's shoes. Uh, that is so important, and that's something that's so easy for us to forget, that it's only their perspective that matters. And it's hard to do. It's hard to project our minds into those customers' shoes. So because of that, one of the reasons I, I and that's one of the reasons why I created it the way that I did, and uh, we're not going to show the visuals here, but if you go to fivelightbulbs.com, you will see them. I decided to create a, a whole world for it. So uh, a universe, kind of like the Marvel Universe. I, after going through a few illustrators, I found one. We really got it. 
And so you'll see we have a world and we have characters. We have a, a bear. We have an owl. Um, one of the, so for one, that helps, that helps you put yourself in your customer's shoes so you can see the story unfolding. It's kind of like a storybook. Uh, it also makes it easier to remember too, which is something I struggle with. I have a really bad memory. Uh, but I, I learned this from, um, there's a great book called Moonwalking with Einstein. I don't know if you've read that one, Mark, but it's about these memory champions, these people who can remember like 300 people's names, just like after learning them once, like, and then they see them and they recall them. The way they do it is really interesting. They create what they call a memory palace. So let's say they're trying to remember 200 items that they need to um, pick up at the grocery store as, as their challenge. They'll think about a place that they know very well, like the home where they grew up. And they'll put the loaf of bread on the doorstep. They'll put the, the eggs on the kitchen table. And then when, they have to re when they're challenged and they have to recall these 200 items, they'll walk through that memory palace and they can see it because we have very, humans are very visual thinkers. And so they'll see the bread on the front porch and the eggs on the table. Right? And so they're just naming them. And if you do this yourself, you use this technique. Again, it's outlined in this book, Moonwalking with Einstein. Again, a very visual title right there. Uh, then, uh, then you can really improve your memory. So I, I read that and I said, oh man, well that, why don't we create a framework around that? Why don't I, I use this for the five light bulbs? So in addition to putting yourself in, the, in your customer's shoes, uh, I found that it really helps people remember it as well. You can easily bring it to mind. I even had a client who has a auditory, she has auditory dyslexia. And so she has trouble learning things via listening. And when I showed her this visual, she was like, oh man, like nothing has clicked like this before. Wow. No, that's incredible. I, uh, that, yeah, I'm very bad at memory too. So <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to read that book. That'll really help, especially because, you know, I talk to a lot of people and I, I have my own kind of mechanism for sort of remembering, but that sounds way better. <laughs> so I'm going to try that. Yeah, out. it's cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of, I won't go into all the details, but outside of the five light bulbs, there's a lot of little details and, and, and symbolic items in this world. But um, let's start with the light bulb. So light bulb one, represents the customer's status quo. So you can think about the character that we use in this is a bear and he's on one side of the, the bridge. So we have this bridge that crosses a chasm. The bear's on, people are probably familiar with that metaphor. I know you guys use that, Ryan uses that. So the bear is on this one side of the bridge and the light bulb, you can picture it hovering over his head and that represents where he is now. And so the, the five light bulbs are categories of messaging. So light, and this is one of the reasons for light bulbs of all things, uh, symbolically light has been as closely associated with speech, with, uh, with words. And so you might think about walking into a dark room and you flick on the light and now what can you do? You can name the objects in the room. You can say chair, you can say desk, you can say computer. So when you think about the five light bulbs, it's really important to not just write down answers on a worksheet, but to actually give voice to them in your marketing copy. So that's one of the reasons for the light bulb. So with light bulb one, it's not enough, like a lot of people do, to just write down facts about your customer and their problem and everything. You want to ask the question, are the words on the page? And so you go to a lot of websites and the words are not on the page. It's just me, 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 I, I, I. We've been in business for 30 years. We've won these awards. Where the word that should be on the page over and over again is the word you. Because again, the customer is asking, what's in it for me? How can this help me? So that's light bulb one. That's a box that you want to check. You want to ask the question, am I turning on light bulb one? Are the words on the page? Oh, that's fantastic. Well, and I think that's, you know, 
if people stop at light bulb one, they'll still have better copy most of the time than what you described, which is, you know, I didn't, you know, you were saying about the brand, but in terms of products, it's the same thing where it's feature, feature, feature built out of this mega material. Uh, and they, they don't tend to, to focus on the solution, which is really what people are looking for. They're not looking for a product. They're looking for a solution to a problem. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and I've studied a lot of uh, the old copywriters and there's this great saying that if you can describe the problem as well as, or even better than the customer can, they'll naturally assume that you have the solution and, and nothing sums up light bulb one better than that. Love it. So now we know where they are, where can they go to? Yes. And, and so then, then you have to ask yourself, okay, well, am I the only game in town? Am I the only potential solution for them? And, uh, and of course the answer is no. Right, there are other options that these customers are considering, and it would be a mistake to not give voice to those other options. Again, light, speech, words—you want to give voice to these things, and so you, it might be a little bit scary because you don't want to name your competitors or these other solutions. We kind of want to like plug our ears and cover our eyes, um, but we we know intuitively and, and that it's it's better to speak to these things and to and to face it head on, right? Because if they're thinking it, then you might as well say it. I like this quote. I think it's George Bernard Shaw says, if you have a skeleton in the closet, you might as well take him out and make him dance. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Give voice to that thing that you're afraid to talk about. Uh, and when you do that, the customer will, will listen to you. And it's not about just bashing those other solutions because people, they have a sense for that. I mean, treat your customer like they're smart. And if you're just bad mouthing someone, they're going to say, okay, well, that's not really a good argument. And, and that's what you want to do is make a good argument. So give the criteria by which they should choose you or those other options. And in some cases, they should be choosing those other options. It, it should not be the case that you're the right fit for everyone every time. Yeah, I, I think it's just being realistic about the situation too, because that, that's another thing that you can tend to do, especially when you're launching a new product or brand, which is, uh, you know, again, focus on yourself to the extent that you can't even, you know, see any of these other aspects that are definitely going to happen. You know, I have the best thing in that other company down the street. They don't matter because... I have the best thing and that's, that's not true <laughs> and ignoring the real, you know, the, the real situation, which is this person might have 5,000 solutions that they could take and who's going to get the business. Is it, is it even going to be the best solution, which is another, another thing that uh, people make assumption about, especially on the consumable side, which is this thing's popular, so it must be the best. And that, that isn't true. It's, it's really that brand just came up with the, the best messaging. Like you're saying. I hate to interrupt our podcast, but I have an announcement about digital marketers content certification. Content without a content marketing strategy is an expensive mistake, but it's one that most businesses are making. When it comes to content marketing, all content should be created with a clear purpose to move a customer or potential customer along the customer value journey. That's why you need digital marketers content mastery certification. You'll learn how to leverage a complete content system to strategize, create, and distribute content that just plain works. When you become a certified content marketing strategist, you'll master the craft of systematically creating and promoting content that drives noticeable revenue for any business, and you'll get a badge to prove it. Learn more right now at digitalmarketer.com slash content cert. Right. Yeah. You, you, you always want to back up your claims with proof and just making those baseless claims like we're the best. I mean, people can sniff that out and, and sniff out the, the BS in that. So yeah. So you want to make strong arguments and, um, and, and certain cases, if you're doing this honestly, which you, you should, then you should be sending people to those other solutions. 
and say, you know what, I'm not the right fit for you at this time, but I have a partner, someone I really trust, and I'm going to put you two in touch. And you'll find, I'm sure you've been in a situation, Mark, when working with clients where you've done that, and they freaking love you for that. They're they're amazed by it. They're like, I can't believe you'd refer me somewhere else. It's like, no, I'm not the best for this. Well, I, and it's not completely not self-serving <laughs> because a lot of times as a marketer, if you've been a marketer long enough, you realize like there are some clients that one, you're not going to be able to help that well. Two, are going to consume all of your time because you're really not a very good fit for them. And so it's better for both parties if you refer them away versus trying to accommodate a situation you're not really suited for. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And and so I spent a lot of time with clients when mapping out their five light bulbs, going through their light bulb too and asking the question, okay, what are these other solutions that they're considering? And it's often not that, that my clients direct competitors. It's often something we didn't even think about. So spend some time on this one and you'll be surprised what you surface. And when you do surface that and then you give voice to it, you will get a great response from your audience. I promise you that. Awesome. Okay. So now we got uh, the original situation, understanding where they came from. Now you're uh, exposing essentially the environment of solutions that they could consider. And now you could write based on that. Yes, exactly. And then, so then we get to light bulb three. So it's like, okay, I understand where you are. And here are the other solutions that you're either considering that you tried before or you're being tempted by. Now, here is my bridge. Here, Those are those other bridges. Here's mine. And here's why I believe that it's the best fit for you. And that brings us to light bulb three, which is your approach. And this is one, this is the one that I really learned from those old copywriters, primarily Eugene Schwartz in his book, Breakthrough Advertising. Uh, he calls it the mechanism. It's sometimes called the unique mechanism. One of the things I'm trying to do with the five light bulbs is take these advanced, nerdy copywriting strategies and, and put them into a simple package. And this is a good example. I was talking earlier about the, all these iterations of my framework. Like I was teaching, I had the bridge metaphor over here, and then I had the Eugene Schwartz stuff and the unique mechanism over here. And really that aha moment, like very meta, I know. My light bulb moment was combining them all and saying, okay, this can actually be one simple but very deep framework. And, uh, and a huge part of it is, is this light bulb three, this idea of your approach. So it's not your product, it's your approach. It's the underlying philosophy that your product is based upon. Uh, I'm a big believer that we should always be trying as entrepreneurs, product creators, marketers, to find a better way of doing things for our customer. And so, and that's what light bulb three really, really represents. And, and you'll know this, you'll see this everywhere. With all these light bulbs, you're gonna start seeing them everywhere. You can't unsee them. But light bulb three, it's across all different product categories. So in the in the online course space or like the author speaker space, this might be your formula, it might be your blueprint, it might be your methodology, your signature system. In the in the supplement space, this is the the special ingredient. It's that special herb that makes all the magic happen. Uh, in the software space, it's your it's your technology. In the clothing space, in the sneakers, it's it's the the thing that helps you get the higher vertical jump. It's the the, the shock absorbers in the sneaker, and so you'll start to see this all over the place. And so that's not the product, that's the underlying approach, the technology. And so so that's light bulb three, and then um, light bulb four is just the vehicle for that approach. But I'll pause there in case you want to comment on light bulb three. Oh, no, no. Uh, I love light bulb three. And I think it really goes back to uh, the kind of universe that you talked about building. You know, you say Marvel, but 
I'm a, a big fan of, of sci-fi space operas is what they're called. And they're basically where a universe is built out. And in that environment, there's usually some pivotal pieces of technology. And those pieces of technology are then expanded throughout the universe. And they kind of drive as the base of everything that's going on. So you can see it in like uh, the Alien franchise where you see, you know, everybody has the sleep pods. And that's the ability to sleep through, you know, space so you can travel further and not, you know, die of old age. Uh, is pivotal to that in that universe. And so it has to be used everywhere. And so I think just, uh, you know, as you were saying, it's the underlying, you know, the pinning of how everything progresses uh, in space offers. That's that's exactly what happens. So I was like, oh, that applies. I love that. That's so consistent. And now you can have multiple products that you use the same or similar messaging for and you can expand your your brand faster because you're not having to rethink every single launch. You have that underpinning, which is fantastic and efficient yeah and, and that uh and that sci-fi example is great and then the sleep pods because yeah that spaceship is a vehicle for the sleep pod just like light bulb four is a vehicle for your light bulb three so you're right when you when you dial in this light bulb three it's a it's a one-to-many relationship so you, you really see this in the in the info space or in the thought leader space where you'll have your a thought leader will have their underlying methodology or approach and then you'll see that they will have a book based upon it. They'll have an online course based upon it. They'll do consulting around it, speaking around it. So Lightbulb 3 is even, I know we think like product first, but Lightbulb 3 is even more powerful than your Lightbulb 4 in my experience. Completely agree. So then we get to that Lightbulb 4, which is the most boilerplate one. This is your product. Uh, we call it your offer in the five Lightbulbs framework because a lot of transactions happen in the economy throughout the year that are not just based upon the product, but based upon the offer. So a lot of people buy things for the the discount that's given or for the bonus that's given or for the pricing terms that's given. So the offer includes all those things. And uh, and one of the things I've heard about the five light bulbs is that people say, well, this gives me more things to talk about because I was just talking about my offer. We call it getting stuck in, yeah, it's normal, right? Because that's the thing that we're closest to. And, and so we call it getting stuck in the light bulb four silo where all your language is just around the offer, the features, the benefits, the company. So this is where the spotlight is on you finally. And this is where you do want to talk about your experience, the awards that you won and all that. It's not that there's no place for that. It's just that this is just, what, 20% of the the whole framework, this light bulb four. So so that's light bulb four. It represents your offer and it's a it's the the vehicle for your approach, your light bulb three. Wow, that's fantastic. Wow, and it, I think I love how you preface it with like you have to build up to that. <laughs> you know, it's not light bulb one, which is where it's usually placed by uh, most businesses and, and even marketers. You know, it's like, well, let's just sell. Well, you know, what matters is selling right now. And I think uh, you, using this approach and really where you put the offer, uh, you know, in terms of the the hierarchy makes it ton or the path uh, makes a lot of sense because it prioritizes things that really matter more and are more uh, will actually enable more consistency with an entire brand than just saying here's the offer because i've seen that before with a brand where i'm like man that offer that campaign was fantastic and then you look at everything else that they're about and you're like what happened where am i <laughs> like where's the cool stuff so i think you know using it as the fourth is is brilliant yeah, and uh, and you do need it. I mean, you need to have that. A lot of people make the other mistake where they they do a great job with the other light bulbs, but then usually because they're hesitant or they have a fear of selling, they leave out the light bulb four. They leave out the the CTA, the call to action. But you know, it's this this idea that good marketing makes selling easier or even unnecessary. 
if you think about a light bulb four as the selling light bulb, if you get all the other ones right, then that becomes much easier. Yeah. Well, you basically prepped the person to say yes. And that's what you want. So it's like, hey, I understand your problem. I know where you came from. I understand the options. And now we have the solution based on all these other things and these principles that we set up before. So I think the placement's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. And you get much better customers and higher LTV, lower refunds, the the whole thing by doing it this way. Love it. All right. So we're almost across the bridge. What's, what's number five? Yes. So level five is the other side of the bridge. We call this the new life. This is where the, the birds are chirping and the sun is shining. And, and, and notice the contrast. You have the light bulb one and the light bulb five, right? So you have this, um, like this polarity and it's, it's a before and after. And, uh, and so you want to paint that picture of both the light bulb one side, not in a, like a manipulative sort of way, but kind of like a, a doctor would do it like, Hey, here is the current situation. Let's not ignore this. Let's give voice to it. And then paint the other side of the bridge, light bulb five side of the bridge. And, and a lot of the people, a lot of people, especially the people I work with who very smart people, uh, subject matter experts, not natural marketers, often complicated, hard to understand products. They're so in the weeds that they forget to talk about what this can do for them, what the product can do for the customer. It's that, that curse of knowledge where they just, they bring assumptions into it and they assume that the customer will just get it. Um, but that's not the case. Remember the light bulbs, you have to give voice to them, light voice, words, the words need to be on the page. And and so you want to write that light bulb five copy. And when you do that and you pair that with light bulb one, you create that contrast. And then that's what leads to that action. Or what I like to say is that tension seeks release. So you create that tension between the before and the after, and then you get that release or that action of the the customer walking across the bridge, taking you up on your product. Love that. And, well, and we have, of course, the before and after grid, which we incorporate into our, uh, you know, customer avatar canvas to show, okay, here's what, you know, the, the customer, your ideal customer situation was before, what they have, what they feel, what they're going through, and then here's what they have after. But that said, without having those other steps in between, you know, how, it, you know, how many options there are, you know, the underpinnings of the actual thing that you provide. And then the thing itself, you can't really envision it. You could pretend you could understand it. You know, I'm, uh, I'm a car wash and your car is dirty and embarrassing. And then you come to the car wash and afterwards you're driving around and people are checking out your shiny wheels and you feel really good about yourself, uh, which is good, but it doesn't get into the, you know, the solution really. It just is the after effects, which is good, but people need more information than that. And I think that's what those middle three light bulbs brought. Yeah. And then that was, again, another reason why it took so many iterations to come up with this thing, because you're right, that, that is a positive step and in the right direction is painting the other side of the bridge, talking about the outcome, selling the transformation is often phrased as, so that's good. A lot of people don't do that, but then I realized, okay, but they don't necessarily trust that you can get them from light bulb one to light bulb five. There's a big gap in the middle. And that's where, like, especially this Eugene Schwartz stuff, he has this idea of belief building. You need to build the belief that you can get them across the bridge. And that's where that's and that's where I filled in the gaps with the other light bulbs. And so when you do that, when you connect them all and you, you turn them all on and, and give voice to them, um, then that really mirrors that direct human experience, that decision-making process, entering the customer's shoes yeah, in a way that I, I think is just more effective than what's currently out there. You know, I, I, I think a lot of these tools are built for marketers, not really for the customer. You think about something like the typical buyer's journey 
and what is it? Uh, consideration, decision, right? The awareness, interest, decision. It's like, I, I've never in my real life, like been like, okay, now I'm in a consideration phase of, of buying this product. I've never said that to myself, but I have said, okay, I, I want to solve this problem. Here are my options. And so that's why I just think the five level aligns better with the, with the real buyer's journey and human experience. I love that you, you kind of called that out because that is, uh, you know, another thing the marketers tend to do is assume that everybody is one looking at everything you do, which they aren't, you know, they don't care that one piece of your campaign doesn't actually match with this other piece because they're just taking action on maybe the one piece, but more likely what led up to that purchase, which was maybe months of, you know, kind of conditioning and, and getting to know your brand, having it appear certain places that they interact with. And then all of a sudden when they saw this ad, that ad was really just a catalyst or a trigger to action. But what actually built up to making that decision that quickly was actually all this long-term work that you had been putting in. And I think, you know, since you have the five light bulbs, it actually addresses the entire journey. Now they could feel comfortable making the decision but you didn't skip any steps that would then confuse the process because you could actually have, you could be great at doing the before and after the light bulbs one and five, and you could really help people envision it. But if you don't do all that work in the middle, which is probably the kind of abstract marketing that, that I just kind of, I just mentioned, uh, then they're not going to, they're not going to trust it. Like, Oh yeah, I understand. Yeah. I'm going to make a million dollars. Like, great. I totally believe you. And now moving on to the next person who's going to make that same promise. Instead of going through, especially, and I really like the, the step three where it's, uh, you know, kind of calling out that underpinning the philosophies and the, the kind of core aspects of a product or, or service or whatever you have that makes it special. And that will then, you know, make that connection and the bridge that you talked about, uh, which is all uh, very inclusive for the entire process. So, so I love the five light bulbs. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for letting me share it here. Thank you. And uh, I know you said you had a link for uh, actually downloading uh, that material. And, and just so everybody knows, we, uh, Billy did cover this in our uh, copywriting accelerator, uh, which we're going to be turning into uh, probably a product pretty soon, or at least in the uh, rebuilding of our copywriting certification, which is coming out soon. So be sure to check the website for that. Uh, in the meantime, though, uh, where can they uh, learn more about what you do and uh, possibly start working with you? Yeah, so go to fivelightbulbs.com slash framework and you'll see it on there and you'll see uh, the, these illustrations really bring it to life. A lot of the things that we're talking about, like Lightbulb 3, you'll see there's a there's an illustration of how the bridge is constructed to represent that underlying philosophy behind your approach. Uh, so check that out. And then there's also, uh, uh, we have a, a swipe file there. It really is a language that you can speak. And you know, this is what I, I realized actually working with you guys when I was consulting with uh, your head of growth and Ryan on one of your campaigns that I, I heard Matt, your head of growth, say to Ryan, uh, hey, we need a light bulb three story. And light bulb, and then Ryan would say to, to Matt, oh, this is a great light bulb two email. And so you'll start to see that out there, like this 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 underlying pattern behind all this marketing material. So um, yeah, so we have an opt-in there where you can get access to the swipe file where there's a bunch of, there's, we have 10 ads in there and, uh, and I specify which light bulb is appearing in the ad. So check that out, it's fivelightbulbs.com five slash framework. And then, uh, and then I also have a, um, a personal marketing newsletter that goes out once a week called Billy's Monday light bulb. And that is on my personal website, Billy Bros, B-R-O-A-S.com. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Billy. I think this is fantastic. Really appreciate your involvement with the community and uh, your new position as faculty member. We'll be uh, hearing from you soon and probably be publishing some articles. So if you want to look for Billy on the digitalmarker.com blog, uh, you'll see him uh, very often coming up. And be sure to check him out on social media. He's always sharing this kind of stuff. And, and that's one of the things I love about your content specifically. It's, it's very consistent. And I know if it's about light bulbs, like I can recognize it's you, whether I see your face or not, which means you're doing good marketing. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Light bulbs are cliche, but hey, things are cliche for a reason. They work. They work. People know what they mean and there's nothing wrong with that. So thank you so much, Billy. And thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where it can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketing. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.